0: Done and take your Bibles. Go to Second Peter, chapter one is where we'll start tonight. Second Peter, chapter one. Yes, if you do not have a sheet, raise your hand. Jeremy you got some extras back there. Okay. Anybody else need a sheet besides these two gals in front? Okay, <laughs> just one girl. Okay. All right. We good? We happy? You know, the last uh, the last uh, three churches I was in, we had a song leader, and every once in a while the song leader was gone and I had to lead singing. And uh, I, I'm really a very, very good singer, but I realize that if I do a really good job, then they'll always ask me to sing. So I, uh, I just do the best I can, praise the Lord for the opportunity, and I try to pick a song that I know instead of one that I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, it's not the... Uh, it's not the performance, it's the, it's the heart, okay? I love that song, that's a good song. You should hear me sing it when I'm all by myself. Okay, getting back to our text here. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12 and verse 15. Just a word study tonight on this word, always, okay? <coughs> now, I'm not sure why the translators, when they translated this word always and all way, why sometimes they did not put an s on the end and sometimes they did i'm not sure that i'll run that by pastor when he gets home but uh out of habit we hardly ever say always we almost always say always <laughs> okay but you'll find when we read these verses that sometimes the s is dropped off the end and i'm not surely i'm not really sure why that is but i'm going to start in uh second peter chapter 1. And verse number 12. Wherefore, Paul writes, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, and be established in the present truth. And then if you jump over to verse 15, you'll find the word again. Moreover, I will endeavor That you may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. Now, (coughs) our parents used to always say, never say never and never, and never say always. Jesus can do that. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Never, never, never. Jesus can say never and he can say always because he's qualified to do that. But, you know, when you, when you tell your kids, you know, I'm never going to take you to, to the Dairy Queen again, doesn't work. You end up taking them to the Dairy Queen anyway. Or you always talk back to me. Well, we shouldn't say never and we shouldn't say always because it's, it just, it makes us a liar. So we need to be careful with that. But, uh, Jesus can say it because he's, he's the Lord. Now, always defined, it's very simple here. There's a couple of blanks. It means at all times on all occasions, and it means also means repeatedly and often, okay? So that's the definition. We've already read a couple verses. Let's pray and get started. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you that you are always near us, and you are always willing to hear us when we pray from the heart, and there's no sin in the way. And we're thankful, Lord, that you promised never, never to leave us, nor forsake us. <coughs> but Lord, as we look at this brief word study tonight, we pray that we'll be challenged by it. We'll be reminded of a couple of things that you warn us about, and we'll be grateful for some challenges to always keep in mind. So Lord, uh, we can't learn much without your help. So we ask for the help of your Holy Spirit as we share these thoughts and learn these truths and. We leave here a little closer to you than we were when we came in the door. So uh, thank you for the night. Thank you for those that made it out. Bless the rest of our time in your name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to give you two negative reminders and then ten positive. Remember the kid's song, ten were bad and two were good? Here we have the opposite. Two are bad and ten are good, okay? We're going to give you uh, two negative reminders to start with in the New Testament And then we're going to give you 10 positive reminders regarding this word always, okay? The first negative word is number one there. Many people resist. They always resist the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 7 and verse 51. Now you can turn to each one of these if you'd like, or you can just wait patiently until I get there, okay? Acts chapter 7 and verse number 51. Jesus talking to the people that refuse to listen to him, he says, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do you. That's something we should not do. They shouldn't have resisted the Holy Ghost 2,000 years ago, and we should not be resisting the Holy Ghost today. When the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, I hope you're Close enough to the Lord that you hear his voice and you do it. Uh, we had a missionary friend that we've been supporting over the years. And uh, this year when we sent him a Christmas card, I was I was I guess I was having a bad day. But uh, instead of sending him a, a little financial treat, I just said, no treat this year. I'm I'm mad. sent the card. But, you know, the Holy Spirit would not let up for a week. He got after me and he said Forsberg those people helped you time and time again and now they're retired and they're going on 90 years old and they need, they need that treat you withheld and I said yeah but Lord my, rent, my lot rent went up by $30 I don't have any extra money and the Lord said I don't care about that I want you to take care of this senior missionary family that would appreciate some help and Finally, after five days, I said, OK, OK, I'm not going to resist the Holy Spirit. So I stuck a little pocket change in an envelope and I sent it to him and I've had peace ever since. OK, now don't get your hopes up. I'm not sending you money, but uh, I don't want to resist the Holy Ghost. And, and it is. It is a skill that we need to learn to tell the difference between the Holy Spirit and the human spirit, because your human spirit can tell you a lot of things you know, get up. But the Holy Spirit is more specific and he usually deals in spiritual things. And the closer you are to the word of God and the closer you are to the Lord through your prayer life and through your private conversation, the more in tune you become to the Holy Spirit's nudges and the Holy Spirit's promptings. Uh, You probably have people on your prayer list and the Holy Spirit says, hey, pray for that person. You haven't prayed for that person and a month, they're they're in trouble. They're in another state. They're, you pray for them. You you begin to become responsive to the Holy Spirit's nudges. Whatever, don't do as these men did, and don't always resist the Holy Ghost. Acts seven fifty one. And the second negative reminder here is found in Hebrews three and verse number ten. Many people always err. E-R-R is what, the, is, that's the Bible word. If you want to put error, E-R-O-R, E-R-R-O-R. That's a hard word to spell. You know what I'm saying. They always err in their hearts and we don't, we don't want to do that. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse number 10. <laughs> Still awake? Hebrews 3:10. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Letter to the Hebrew Christians, talking about those who rejected the Lord. They err in their hearts. You know, you and I might make a lot of little mistakes in our regular days, but we don't want to err. Against the truths of God's word. We want to be doctrinally sound so that we can be doctrinally safe and we don't want to fall into the trap of bogus doctrine and foolish behavior. So we don't, we don't want to be guilty of resisting the Holy Ghost and we don't want to be guilty of erring, causing error within our hearts because that's where things start. The idea of erring there is to miss the mark. The Lord wants us to see clearly what this verse says, and we don't want to err in the process of seeing it clearly. Now let's go to the positive reminders very quickly. Most of these are in the New Testament, so they're easier to find. A couple of them in the Older Testament. (coughs) Number one, in the positive reminders, we are to always love and keep his commandments. Keeping the Lord's commandments is not a part-time job, it's a full-time job. Deuteronomy 11 and verse number one says this, Therefore sh- therefore, thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments always. So you and I need to work at being obedient all the time. Not just part time. You know it might surprise you but some people are only obedient on Sunday and the rest of the week they live <laughs> for the devil. It shouldn't be that. That shouldn't be said of us. We should be Diligent about keeping his commandments all the time. (coughs) How did one preacher put it? He says, it's our duty to do what we can and leave the results to the Lord. That's our duty. Keep his commandments and let him either reward us or teach us or correct us if that's necessary. So we are to always love and keep his commandments. The second one, we are to always pray, to pray always. Luke 18 and verse number one. Luke 18 and verse one. I believe this is where the Lord is telling the disciples. Uh, Luke 18, verse one. And he spake a parable. Jesus speaking to the disciples here, and he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. So that's a challenge for us. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. And another reference is Hebrews 6 and verse 18. or Not Hebrews, Ephesians 6 and verse 18. Now, if I wanted to be a really mean teacher, I would make you look all of these up. If I was teaching in a junior high class now, I'd make everybody find it and it all stand up and we'd all read it together. But I'm not mean anymore. I'm soft now. uh, I've mellowed out some with age. Ephesians 6 and verse 18. Praying always. This is the end of the uh, armor of God passage. Take on the verse 17, take the helmet of salvation. And when you get to verse 18, it says praying always, all the time, all occasions, repeatedly, often, like our definition said, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So we keep his commandments, number one. We pray always. Number three, we are to fear God always. To fear God always. Proverbs fourteen twenty three. No, Proverbs 28, 14. I'm sorry. I'm reading them backwards here. Let me give you Proverbs 28, 14 first because that's the one in front of my eyes. Happy is the man that feareth always, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. And the other reference I have there is Deuteronomy 14, verse 23. And thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place where he shall choose to place his name there, the tithe of the corn and of the wine and of thine oil and the firstlings of thy herds and of thy flocks, that thou mayest learn to fear the Lord thy God always. It's a word to fear God. Now the idea there isn't that we're afraid of him like we're afraid of the police being stopping us and giving us a ticket or arresting us or afraid of the principal getting out. But, but we're to have a reverential respect of him so that when we have a tendency to sin, we are reminded that he will chasten us. We have, we have that fear. I don't know about you, but when, when I was growing up, every time I wanted to do something wrong, you know how boys are, that's almost always but almost every time I wanted to get into a little mischief, I'd, I'd kind of do this. I was looking for my dad. I thought he'd club me. I better not do that. I know dad's around here someplace. He's going to catch us. Well, well, the Lord, the Holy Ghost can operate that way. He can remind us this is not a good thing. Be careful. And uh, that's what fearing the Lord is, is all about. Having respect for him so much respect that we understand the the value of total obedience. And people who don't respect the Lord they see no value in total obedience. They just do what they think is nice for the time and then they live for the devil the rest of the time. We're to speak always. Number four here. Colossians four and verse six. Colossians (coughs) four In verse number six, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. <coughs> Speaking with grace. We're to speak carefully with our mates. We're to speak carefully with our children. <coughs> We're to speak gracefully with everybody. Speaking always with grace. Number five there, where to labor, <coughs> labor fervently always in prayer. That's verse twelve of the same chapter, um, Colossians four and verse twelve. Epiphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you always, laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and and complete in all the will of God, laboring together fervently in prayer one for another and that's why we have prayer time on Wednesday night so we can labor fervently in prayer for others we're to be always confident number six here in second Corinthians chapter five and verse six second Corinthians chapter five and verse number six therefore we are always confident knowing that whilst we are at home in the body we are absent from the Lord. Always confident. Uh, we tried our dead level best as parents to teach our three girls to have God confidence. Uh, self confidence is helpful and it's good and it's okay, but at the top of self confidence, you want to have confidence that God's in charge. He's going to help us, He's going to take care of us, He's going to answer our prayers, and He can fix things. We want that God confidence. We are always confident. Okay? <coughs> Number seven. We are to be always abounding. <coughs> First Corinthians 15, 58. First Corinthians 1558. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Always abounding in the Lord's work. So one was keep his commandments. Two is pray always. Three was fear God always. Four is speak always with grace. Five is labor fervently always. Number six was always confident. Number seven, always abounding, especially in the Lord's work. And number eight is where we are to be always remembering. Now, I read those two verses when we first got started. And the idea there is we are to always be remembering truth. I won't take the time to read them again because we're getting close to the end here. But 2 Peter 1.12 and 2 Peter 1.15. Well, I'm so close. I'm going to take the time, okay? It's worth reading again. 2 Peter one. Verse 12 and 15. Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. Putting you always in remember. First and Second Peter are some of my favorite New Testament books. I, I really like the little letters. I mean, the short letters. They're not little by any means. They're powerful, but they're shorter. 1 John, Second John, Third John; these are these are powerful, powerful epistles, and this epistle, Second Epistle of Peter, is just as powerful. And Peter says, <coughs> "I'm not going to neglect to put you always in remembrance of these things that are so so important and so vital to our Christian walk." And then over there in 15, he echoes it again. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able, after my decease, Peter says, after I'm gone, to have these things always in remembrance. I know this is going to surprise some of you, but in 50 years, I'll be gone, okay? And uh, I want you to remember some of the things I taught you back in 2023 and 2024, especially the things that come from God's word. That's what Peter was saying. When I'm gone, I want you to keep the important things of God's word in remembrance. Number nine, we are to be always thankful. Ephesians 5 and verse number 20. Ephesians 5 and verse number 20, Bible tells us. <coughs> verse 16, to redeem the time. Verse 17, to be understanding. Verse 18, to be not drunk with wine but be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19, speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns. And then in verse 20, it says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thankful in everything. There are some things that happen we probably aren't thankful for. I'm not thankful for the the war in Israel, but I know that the Lord's in charge and good can come out of that. I don't know how, but it's the Lord's in charge. We leave that to him. Thank you, Lord, that uh, you're putting a stop to this evil and to this madness that's produced by Israel's enemies. Having a thankful spirit, even in even in difficult things to find thanks for. Just have a thankful spirit. It should be our continual frame of mind. We should be a thankful people. I had, a, I had a van that was given to us years back. It was a really nice van. You know how they have spare wheels on the back of some of these older cars? You know, they have a spare wheel that, well, you can get a, you can get a jacket to put over that spare wheel with a saying on it. And uh, what I put on the back of my spare wheel was, thanks, thank you, Lord. And I drove up to my uncle's house and my uncle looked at the van and he says, oh, this is nice. And then he went back and he read that, thank you, Lord, on the back of that spare wheel. And he says, what are you thanking the Lord for? You should thank the family that gave you the van. And I said, hey, if it wasn't for the Lord working on their heart, we never would have got the van. But he was one of those that was a little bit more skeptical about the things of God than, than I was. But uh, I really I really thanked the Lord for it because it was something that we needed. Our other car was just dying, and we needed something sensible, and we got a, we got a van. And, and being thankful, when, and I, everywhere I drove, not not a lot, but many times people would honk the horn after reading that. you know I mean it was big letters it was like three inch letters, thank you, Lord, okay, and people would drive by and toot the horn and yeah, I hope that's what they were saying, yeah but i I wanted people to know that the people inside that van were trying their dead level best to be a thankful people to be a thankful family and the last one we are to be always rejoicing um Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice as I believe that's the passage there. Philippians 4 and verse number 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And then 2 Corinthians 6.10. And we are winding up, class. 2 Corinthians 6.10. Paul writing here to the church of Corinth, he says there are times when we are being chastened in verse number 9. And then he says in verse 10, sometimes we're sorrowful. Sometimes we're just not happy. Yet, always rejoicing as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing all things. O ye Corinthians, okay? Be joyful always, always Rejoicing. Okay? Don't resist the Holy Ghost and don't err in your heart, but always keep His commandments. Always pray. Always fear God. Always speak with grace. Always labor fervently. Always have God confidence. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always remembering the elements of truth that God has given to you. Always be thankful and always rejoicing. Always is an attitude. And we can leave church tonight with that kind of attitude. We should aim high and then uh, reach for the best. I read a plaque today it said, shoot for the moon. If you miss, you'll be among the stars, okay? Shoot for the moon and do these uh, challenges that the Lord gives us to always be grateful and thankful and remembering truth. Now it's one minute to eight. You ready to go home? Say amen. Glad you came to church. Say amen. If you're awake, say amen. Why don't you stand up? And we'll be dismissed in prayer. Steve, would you dismiss our time together tonight, please? Amen. Okay, shake hands with 500 people on your way out. See you Sunday morning.